This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening... It's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. All right. So uh, you can bring up anything. And there's a lot in the news. But I guess the big news today is that some rich, privileged people got married. Oh, that's Prince William and now Princess Kate. 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 Yeah. Although I heard she might they might she might be a duchess because she can't be a princess and tell blah, blah, blah. And I, I guess she would be a duchess. It's She'd... just a very expensive celebration. I would like to know. Oh, it's nothing compared to what the Obama family spends flying around all over the United States in that uh, <laughs> uh, that Air Force One. Are you kidding me? I would like to know from you, the listener, if you think that this wedding has any import whatsoever to your life. Because today, when I was awakened to the, you know, I, I listened to the local talk radio station when I wake up, uh, usually most mornings, and I was listening to the news, and it was the top story. <laughs> This was the top story, complete with uh, what do they call it? With the, like the the flavor audio or whatever of the the scene, mm. they actually had that too to really kind of spice up the report about some rich, privileged people getting hitched, and all of the uh, at the expense of, of the taxpayer. It's not I not mean, entirely. To say, to say, oh, okay. Well, to say I don't rich, care who paid for it. I mean, they did pay. The taxpayers did pay quite a bit. But well, the taxpayers also just support that entire family. I don't think so. No, um, I, it's my understanding. Is this Great Britain? I don't even know what we're it is, where yes. we're talking. It about. is Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and Princess Diana's eldest son, Prince yeah, William. That's correct. Um, they do not, as I understand it, support the family and entirely. There are some there are some lines you can draw to you know things that perhaps the royal family should be paying for that they're not. But I think largely they who, who take of care them have, have a job. They don't need a job. They robbed uh, their family. Robbed people many, many million ago. Right. Okay. So still it's still off. taxpayer still dollars. Taxpayers, thank you. Yeah. Right? It's like the, the the cops that bought the activist pizza earlier this week. It didn't come from presumably did not come from the department's funds. It came from the funds of the police association or the pocket of the police lieutenant. But either way, likely that money came from taxpayers because that's where those guys get their paychecks from. Right. Well, it it brings up a, actually sort of this uh, interesting argument between sort of European libertarians who call themselves Georgists or geo libertarians and uh, sort of United States libertarians. The I, small L or capital L? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I don't think those things mean anything to, to you know in the, in this particular instance. They um the the idea the Georgists believe that all land belongs to everybody at once, and that would make perfectly good sense when you consider. That at one point, earls, dukes, and and kings basically owned everything in England, and essentially anything that anybody's got now in England, they got uh, because dukes and earls decided to give it up and not kill people for it, and so they they still own great deals of holdings and stuff like that, and and it makes people outraged, and it should make people outraged. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So, are you one of those people who just is so excited about our royalty? They're getting married. Okay, yes, they don't even live around here, but it's just so exciting. Look at what they're look at what they're wearing. Uh, isn't she beautiful? Doesn't he look ravishing? Well, now if you're in the industry of uh, selling clothing, you're a clothier, haberdasher. Um, I mean, wouldn't you be excited about that? I mean, that makes sense. That, that sure, you're... but if I'm a news editor, 
if I'm somebody who's deciding what to put on television as far as what is newsworthy and important, what is should be important to the viewer, uh, then no, that I don't care what those people are wearing. I wouldn't and call I don't it care hard news. How many people turned out? And it is just completely outrageous. I think news is what United people States, care about. Though are more interested, according to uh, Daniel Radcliffe, who <laughs> is. Um, I was watching a little clip uh, on Hulu. Last night, he was being interviewed by Jimmy Fallon, and uh, I'm going to go see him perform on Broadway next week, so I was kind of excited to That's, see him. Isn't that Harry Potter? Yeah, okay. yeah, and he's now performing in How to Succeed in Biz- Business Without Even Trying, I think is what... Yeah. And um, so I was, you know, I just wanted to check him out and stuff. And and Jimmy asked him, so what what do you think about the wedding? It's tomorrow or or whatever. And he's like, I don't think about the wedding. Hmm. And he said, in fact, I I wasn't able to. People were asking me here about it. And so I phoned my mom or whatever Mm -hmm. and and asked and couldn't find a single friend or family member that knew anything about it. But it seems to be very popular here in the United States. Well, I, I mean, the United States has a. Has, has we a good, like bright, shiny things. Well, it's a good long history of <laughs> Anglophilia too. That they like, you know, what the, the the Great Britain is doing. Americans, you know, that now they're the the empire, but they're you know, a barred from the Constitution from having titles and you know things right. like that. So they kind of look over there for that kind of thing and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it's it, it it's absolutely pointless. It makes no sense to me. But I think you know the very fact that there's an outrage here <laughs> amuses me too. Who cares? So if you are one of those people, I would love to hear from you. You must be out there, right? I mean, if they're reporting on it on the top story on the news, surely there must be some level of popularity about this. I mean, clearly, remember when Princess Diana uh, I loved died? Princess Diana. You loved her. I loved her. Did you know her? Mm-hmm. Really? How did you know her? <laughs> How did you know her? We were roommates. Uh-huh. Is that right? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh, okay. No, but you know, you, you say, I love pizza or whatever. It's more than pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the, what she did, you know, her humanitarian efforts mm-hmm. and everything like that, particularly with uh, children with AIDS, just was, I had a very good friend around that time who who had AIDS. And so I got to watch how people wouldn't hug him and wouldn't touch him because yeah. they thought they were, you know, and she, you know, there was this very famous photo of her picking up a, a child. Are Diana's them. efforts more important than the efforts of the people working at the nearby AIDS clinic? Absolutely not. But she created, I mean, her, you know, her name brand was able to open up a lot of opportunities for people that gave money to create those those hospitals and things like mm-hmm. that. I'm not denying that she did things that were important. I mean, mm-hmm. good for her. I'm, I'm glad that she did whatever she felt was important and, and hopefully helped people. But there are people all around the world who help and folks and they, <laughs> they give money and, and of their time yeah. to various different causes that they find important. And I think the idea that this woman or in this case, these people uh, should be held up to any level of extra appreciation because they're royalty oh, uh, because no. they're special they're they've got the right bloodlines and etc whatever right. for whatever reason that people you know you also got the kennedys here in uh, the united states a lot of news media reports on them and calls them things like our royal family right this obsession with uh, royalty which is kind of another version of an obsession with hollywood and you know this obsession the idea of uh well, people's though, obsession some with effort though on the part of the actors you know what i mean like it, it has something to do with their merit i cannot for the life of me figure out what the royal family in terms of the queen her husband and this continuing bloodline 
what purpose they serve. You make a, you make a good point there in that the people that are actors are actually doing a trade. They're actually doing something useful, creating a, a, a valuable product mm-hmm. uh, for people to get excited about. And, and no doubt, I, I don't I don't mean to besmirch actors either, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about the obsession of some Americans and some people around the world. Not everybody. But some people with this celebrity, mm-hmm. the, the obsession with celebrity, and I don't mean it just for actors and actresses, but also roy- so-called royalty. Politicians are also uh, players in this celebrity game as mm-hmm. well. It's just this, this really, you see it in the tabloid magazines. You see it on regular uh, newspapers. Just an obsession right. with political personalities or pop culture personalities. And it's just sad. But there was something that interesting that just happened, though, when you said, I said, I love her. And you said, did you know her? And your face lit up a little bit. And and I said, yeah. And you're like, oh. And oh, so, I was pandering yes. <laughs> to you a little bit. No, I wasn't but, really seriously interested no, in No, but to leading to that, though, I think that a lot of people uh, get excited about the idea of knowing something about somebody. Mm. You know, it's, it's kind of a, an exotic sort of gossip. Because their know. lives are boring and meaningless and I, purposelessness. I, I, purposeless. <laughs> well, I think that's what they think. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I just I find it sad. I, I don't it know. Is. I mean, I just don't I don't like the whole royal thing. But, you know, people like it for whatever reason they like it. I mean, people. I, whatever, I, man. If that's I what you want to spend your I time like doing. I like football a little bit. You know, I like to watch it a yep. little bit. And really, what's the difference? I mean, what's the, the there's a frivolity involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't call it. Do you keep it, track of the drama between the players? None at all. None at all. Unless you're talking about like, uh, you know, the hunting, fighting that's dogs against a each similar, other. Well, okay, right. So it's the drama. It's the detail. 1-800-259-9231. On the obsession with the detail of other people's lives. Your thoughts are welcome. It's Free Talk Live. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site completely free. So enjoy those on us. Our webcam is there. You can watch, listen, and interact. Our chat room built into the same page as the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to go and enjoy those features for free. That's cam.freetalklive.com. So, uh, we, of course, will allow you to take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. And the webcam is brought to you by Memory Dealers. Uh, they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, ZenPaks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. They are your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. MemoryDealers.com. In stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. That's MemoryDealers.com. Now, of course, we can uh, take your phone calls about anything. If you are one of those folks that thinks that it's important, this news about the royalty, so-called human beings, 
these humans who happen to be more politically connected and wealthier than the average person getting married. If you think this is of some importance, I would love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. Because I agree with you, Mark. I think that the obsession with uh, celebrity is, is sad. Uh, the the obsession it, and it seems to be like you know you said I think it was you Michelle that said that their lives are empty and meaningless and people that are people that are obsessed the people with that these are obsessed people. and so I think there's like a vicarious thrill you know same on a smaller scale soap operas you know you have no romance in your life so you can sit there on your couch in the afternoon fantasizing about that man kissing you the way you wish your husband would oh dear. I think that there's some reality to what you're saying there, and I don't think that those folks' lives are meaningless. If they believe that about themselves, and that's right. a story they can tell themselves, I'm not going to be able to change that. Them, you know, cha- I don't want to yes, change. Yes, I stand them. corrected. I don't think anyone's life is meaningless. But, but yeah. I can understand why people might feel that way. I can understand why people might feel hopeless and depressed, or mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever reasons they have in their lives. For focusing on details about the lives of others, whether it's their love life or their sports uh, interactions and scores or whatever we're talking about. It's just unfortunate because they are replacing, to some extent, themselves with the activities of these others. And they're, they're attempting to live vicariously, if you will, mm-hmm. through the actions of these other folks. And I just, it's just, there's nothing else I can say besides I feel sorry mm-hmm. for those folks. It would be nice. I mean, I just think that passion um, really ought to be the the reason that everyone gets up in the morning and whatever that the is. reason you don't want to go to bed at night. I mean, something yeah. that's just, you know, and I've certainly had, you know, moments or weeks or months or years even in my life where I was, you know, depressed or, or mm-hmm. I wasn't passionate about something and I just couldn't get my juju going or something. And, and um, I just, I cannot imagine having my existence be like that forever i think you brought the right word into this passion i think that's Mm -hmm. a that's a great point uh because yeah if you've got something that you're impassioned about then you're going to not be distracting yourself with the silliness of you know who brad pitt is marrying or whatever how many kids they're having are they getting married now i don't know just throwing (laughs) that out there i do brad you just pick a name like brad pitt and then right Right. Talk about kids and marriage, and you've got a news story about uh, you've got an entertainment news story. They, they sell these magazines. They sell. A they lot sure of color, do. Well, color. then they had like Team Angelina and Team Jen. There yes. were people that were wearing T-shirts. Right? Are you serious? Extremely uh, yeah, I'm serious. effective uh, marketing yeah. for the, <laughs> these magazines. Because Brad Pitt was married to Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And then Angelina came along, what? and they broke up. So there was Team Jen and Team Angelina. Did you actually see one of these in real life? One of these T-shirts, or was it just they, like a picture? They're all online? over Hollywood. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is, oh man, <laughs> that's like the lowest, almost the lowest of the lows, like scraping the bottom of the celebrity barrel yeah. when you've uh, adjusted your attire to follow the lives of the celebrities. So uh, I should get rid of my Led Zeppelin t-shirt? Ooh. <laughs> you know, I think that there's an appreciation for pop culture that is, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there's a, there's a line somewhere, right? There's a line between appreciating and being familiar with things in pop culture yeah. and being obsessed with certain aspects of it, certain right. aspects, specifically of the, the personal lives of the people behind the creation of it. Because obviously in you've got fans of movies and things mm-hmm. like that, fans of, of video games or whatever. Uh, but those, that's something that people could use to 
clearly you can spend your leisure time on whatever it is that you want to. And I'm not saying that spending leisure time on one thing versus another is better than another. I just don't think that it doesn't seem as sad (laughs) to me. It doesn't seem as sad to me. I mean, it holds no interest for me. (laughs) And I'll admit to being, you know, snooty about it. I really am. I mean, I, I, you know, when it comes to sort of knowing the lives, yeah, indeed, (laughs) knowing the lives of these people. And to me, these people are everybody who sort of fits in the celebrity realm. It just, it seems pointless to me. I, I, you know, think that there's better ways to spend one's time. Okay, but one thing, Ron Paul was uh, was uh, praised by a lot of people within the conservative um, Republican Party that you know, but that were interested in voting for him. But they were they were socially conservative because he never even rides an elevator alone with a woman without his aide there or another person. He doesn't, you know, he's so cautious. And um, and so that's a, a part of his personal life that I really didn't need to know. Yeah. But it was used to describe him to show how how meticulous he was about protecting the appearance of any um, wrongdoing regarding his marriage. So, I mean, I think that we tend to use sometimes our personal lives, and I'm saying we and our, just to make a general statement, to use our personal lives to, you know, propel us even maybe beyond what our worth is to the situation as if, oh, well, look at how great I am because of, you know, I, I, I don't ride elevators up with strange women or, or whatever. So I think that I think that to say, you know, p- getting involved in people's personal lives, I think that the media as well as the celebrities themselves do a great deal to sell and market that out there because they turn around and get paid and get more money and I'm sure that the That's endorsements true. for this, you know, for for Kate and William are going to be huge on account of this. The toll-free number here tonight for your thoughts, 800-259-9231. For me, it comes from kind of a, a, a point of, I mean, it seems weird to say this, but from from being humble. I mean, I it, yeah, I have this radio show. It's on 95 stations, but I don't want people to be obsessed with me and my personal life. Please, I'm obsessed with there's you. not much that's very interesting, okay? You know, I like to play video games. Whoopie-doo. So does a lot, so do a lot of other people. Uh, of course, I don't really have and much Dominion. time. I don't really have much time for those uh, those things. But yeah, actually, I play play more Dominion these days than yeah. uh, than games. But come on, I mean, everybody's lives are just as uninteresting, if you will. Yes. There's the celebrities are not more interesting than you. Who they are marrying mm-hmm. and what they're doing as far as their children are concerned. That's not more interesting than than your life, or not even as interesting as We've your life. We've been talking about it for a half an hour. <laughs> Well, from one aspect of it, for sure. At 800-259-9231. We've certainly got a lot more to talk about here tonight. Uh, a lot of, well, i got a lot of bad stuff to talk about tonight, so I might as well start off with the easy stuff. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. News about Mark Emery, the Prince of Pot. It's not good news. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9. 
another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com slash LC9. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Once again, freetalklive.com. You can enjoy archives that go all the way back to 2006, late 2006, all free. Right there at the top of the website, you'll find the archives, and then you can click into the archives section, and that'll take you way back. Again, that's freetalklive.com. It's the shirt that you wear most, the white dress shirt. And Paul Frederick has it for you in athletic, trim, big and tall for nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five is an unheard of price. This is a lost leader price, as a matter of fact, uh, for you to get a quality white dress shirt that fits. Guys, you know you need them. Yours is probably fraying at the collar or on the uh, the cuffs. You can get it in more than 55 sleeve, fit, and collar combinations with monogramming. Finally, have a shirt that fits you properly. Use promo code TUCK at 1995shirt.com. It's 1995shirt.com, promo code TUCK. So as we continue here, uh, you can still share your thoughts later on Obsession with Celebrity. Uh, Of course, also anything goes if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Here is the not-so-great news, awful news, actually, about Mark Emery. I mean, he's he's still alive and healthy, which that's good. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like he'll be returning to Canada anytime soon, uh, as you may recall. Even though he's Canadian. Correct. Uh, even You may recall we've uh, interviewed his wife, Jody on the show a number of times in the past. And I just saw this news last night. I haven't had a chance to really even reach out to her and, and ask her to come on. But I wanted to relay this information. So we've been following Mark's case. We've had Mark on in the past. And as you may know, he is in federal prison right now for five years for the horrible, horrible crime of selling people seeds over the Internet. They had him extradited from Canada, and the Canadian government folks uh, went, a- went along with this. They took one of their own people, Which is insane. supposedly. Yeah. Well, it really just shows obedience on their part to the, feder- the U.S. federal yep. government. And so they took him out of Canada. They brought him back to or brought him into the United States, and he is now serving that sentence. Now, in the very beginning, he was serving it at SeaTac, which is a federal maximum security prison in Seattle, the Seattle, Washington area. And so being relatively near Vancouver, which is where he's from, and that's where his wife is. <laughs> They're afraid he was going to escape? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, Were they I don't afraid understand. he was going to escape? Oh, as far as why they moved him? I mean, why maximum security? For selling seeds? Well, the idea was he was going into Max, uh, and then they were, were going to transfer him away. Ah. And so they were supposed to transfer him away to a, Georgia, a prison somewhere that's minimum security. Mm. And they did end up doing that, which means it's that much more difficult for Jody, his wife, to go and see her husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, she probably would have rather been close by in something. Sure. No, maybe not a maximum, probably other federal prisons in the region. But no, they take him and they put him all the way across the country down in Georgia as compared to Seattle. And so they've basically just plucked him and put him as far away as they possibly could. That was bad enough news. Mm -hmm. But she was hoping during this whole process, hoping that there would be a chance to essentially re- 
extradite him back to Canada mm-hmm. and that this is not an uncommon thing where somebody goes down, serves a little bit of time in the, the United States yep. for some crime down there, and then they're allowed to serve the rest of their mm-hmm. sentence out in the Canadian system, which for a number of reasons, according to them, is a, is a much better system. It's closer to home, for one. There's that, too. So here's the update from StopTheDrugWar.org. Canadian marijuana legalization activist Mark Emery, currently serving a five-year prison sentence, has been denied his request to finish serving his time in a Canadian prison. His Canadian attorney, Kirk Tussaud, said that uh, said Friday that Emery received notice that U.S. authorities had denied the request on the grounds of the seriousness of the offense. Oh. Selling seeds. I knew it wasn't going to. I just I'm sorry. Having been spent nine years in prison myself, I, I just knew that this is the, the prison bureaucrats don't gain anything by helping you. So they generally don't do it. So they also had law enforcement concerns that uh, kept it was their excuse for keeping this man in their cage. Emery, of course, is known as the Prince of Pot and is serving time for selling marijuana seeds. He, of course, used those profits from the seed sales to fund legalization campaigns in Canada, the United States, and elsewhere. And we've known for a long time that it's because of his political activism that got him targeted. Sure. That, that that made him a prime target for the DEA, and they wanted him bad because he wasn't just buying flashy cars and houses with his money. In fact, he wasn't buying those things. He was living, from what I understand, fairly modestly and reinvesting his money into the movement. I mean, to me, Mark Emery is... He's, a hero. He's a hero, and he's an inspiration mm-hmm. for me because that's kind of how I do things as well is I take you know the money that I make doing this radio show, which I don't know if I don't think it's probably as much as Mark Emery has made mm-hmm. selling marijuana seeds, but I do reinvest it into the movement. Mm-hmm. I do want to see the movement, the liberty movement grow, and having my bank account growing is not going to help that. So right. reinvesting that is important to me. And so they, they went after him because that's what he did with his money. They Because he helped people get uh, this drug legalized in a lot of places, at the very least for medicinal purposes. And as you'll see later, we've got another article about the Massachusetts decrim situation. The cops are upset about this. They are very upset about changes to the law, even though they always claim to be, oh, we're just enforcing the law. We're just doing our jobs. If you don't like it, just change the law and we'll just do something else. Well, turns out they've got some kind of a stake in this uh, because they continue to be outraged about the fact that the laws are changing and they don't want to see that happen. They like it that drugs are illegal. They like being able to enforce these things. They like being able to kick in people's doors. They like being able to be violent uh, against peaceful people, against people that won't fight back against them. They like that. They like being big bullies. And uh, Some of them. Yeah. We'll give you more. In, um, right. The ones that do the, the drug cop enforcing, I think most of them like it. So, I don't know. I mean, I think they probably get a, an adrenaline charge out of it. Sure. We'll come back and tell I'll tell you more about that because that's another story completely, uh, what the police have been doing. But Emory is currently at a federal holding p- uh, facility in El Reno, Oklahoma now, while awaiting transfer to a medium security prison in Mississippi. So they transferred him out of his minimum security prison in Georgia, transferred him to 
a, a federal holding facility in Oklahoma to transfer him later, expectedly, to a minimum, excuse me, medium security prison in Mississippi. It's unclear as to why he is being transferred to a higher security prison. Under a bilateral treaty, Canadian prisoners serving time in the U.S. can apply their uh, to can apply to serve their sentence in their home country, and vice versa. The guidelines for evaluating prisoner transfer applications are available online. And Mark's attorney says that this refusal is a terrible affront to the sovereignty of Canada. Mark is a target of political persecution that appears to have transcended his conviction and now infects the treaty transfer process. He qualifies under every relevant factor and should have been allowed to serve out his jail term in Canada, close to his wife Jody, and in the country in which all of his activity took place. We call upon Prime Minister, whoever, and the Canadian politicians to do something about this. Whether they will or not remains to be seen. I wouldn't get my hopes up to have politicians go out on the limb for somebody who's an activist. Pretty unlikely. It doesn't seem likely. So the United States taxpayer is paying to house and feed this criminal this man who sold seeds Mm -hmm. that's right he's so important to them Mm -hmm. that they won't let they won't let him out of their their custody that's how important they consider mark emery uh but a little more here emery's wife jody said she was shocked and sickened by the denial she said he's been punished for speaking out for the rights of tens of millions of cannabis consumers here and in the U.S., and it is truly frightening. Canadians who feel Mark has been treated unfairly with an unjust five-year U.S. prison sentence for seeds should punish the conservatives in the federal election coming up on May 2nd for extraditing Mark in the first place. Because there was a huge movement uh, up in Canada by supporters of Mark Emery and supporters of freedom, uh, people that understand the idea of ending drug prohibition. These people poured out in support of Mark Emery. I mean, the, it, the politicians were not unaware that this was going on. They were made very aware that this was going on. They could have stopped it. They could have refused they're to extradite him. They're not afraid, him. though. They're, they're not intimidated. The the government, the police, they're not. They're supposed to be the ones afraid as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done for sure. And in the meantime, Mark Emery is going to sit in a cage here in the United States. 1-800-259-9231. Learn more about his case over at CannabisCulture.com. We'll come back with more. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. and give you the features on the site there, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Uh, and don't forget, you can learn how to help support this program. You can go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more people's ears around the world. Again, go to promote.freetalklive.com. Uh, so the update here on Mark Emery is that he is not, again, the Principot publisher of Cannabis Culture magazine, now CannabisCulture.com. He's not going back to Canada 
the United States federal government is refusing to allow him to be uh, essentially treated back to where he could finish out his sentence in a Canadian prison under the Canadian system. Yeah, and Prisoner exchange program or something like that. I don't even know what it's called, but uh, it, uh, you know, it, it allows prisoners of certain nationalities to go back to that nation to do their time. This would honestly be a boon to the American people. The fact is it costs... You know, estimates range from fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars a year to incarcerate an inmate. He's in maximum security. Mm-hmm. He's not in. The, well, no, he's in a holding center right now, and will be in a that is medium maxi- security. But, well, he's at. I'm sorry, holding centers are all level five institutions, yeah. as big as they can. So, and he's been there for months, mm-hmm. months and months. This is. I mean, it should take you one month inside of a classification center, and then you should be at your permanent institution. I don't know what this uh, the, this whole thing is about, but this is. You know, the, the fact is it's costing the American people something like it sounds like a hundred thousand dollars a year to incarcerate yeah. this guy. Do we really need this extra half a million okay, dollars? So who's expense? to blame? Personally, I, who I've been blaming for the last 20 years is the taxpayer. I know that that within our community, people will say, well, it's the police or it's the government or it's this. It's the system. I think it's the people that support it and pay for it. Because I, if you if you stop feeding the monster, it will weaken to the point where it's easy to be destroyed. Uh, I think that there are there. So I've looked into how many people actually pay taxes. All right, and I've looked into it deep, and there aren't many. When you look at a percentage, what about of the, corporations? Are you including that in your? I am not. I'm looking at uh, just individuals. Yeah, income, okay. personal. You know, income tax. There are 141,000 uh, filings in 2009. Some of those are joint filings. So I'm going to 141,000. Excuse me, 141 million. No, 141 million. <laughs> big difference. Uh, yeah, wow. it's, it's a big difference. But I, at least I had my front number right. I just lost, dropped three zeros. What's the big deal? Uh, so, um, and then of those, 47 percent didn't actually pay anything to the government many of them got in fact a, a you know a welfare thing called the earned income tax credit so, so only 60 million people a year in the united states are paying taxes is what you're saying um out of 300 million no it's it's, it's a little more than that but um you know not much more than that so one-fifth of the population i uh, it you know i don't know how many people of those 141,000 are joint returns but i would suspect that a, a, a portion of them i'm not going to tell you i can't tell you that number i'm not going to i'm not going to lay okay. out a number because the government obscures those things and i don't want to all i can do is suppose mm-hmm. and but i can tell you that you know fewer than a, a probably a quarter of americans let's let's just say okay, a quarter i said 20 percent. you said 25 so okay. we're pretty close we're pretty close <laughs> let's go let's go there a quarter okay. of americans uh pay taxes so is are you saying the other three quarters aren't to blame the ones that fill out their tax returns but get a, a welfare, uh, you know, stipend thing, like I do, because I, I've been one of those people. Do you, I don't know. Do you feel guilty, Mark? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel that I'm responsible for this Mark Emery thing. I really think it's... How could you be? How could you be responsible for it? You, have, you haven't called for that. You haven't asked for that. You don't, you don't want that to happen. I don't want it to happen. And I don't pay federal uh, income tax, but I still, you know, I, I have a cell phone and there's a tax on that. And, right. and I pay property tax and that money goes to violent uh, criminals as well. So, I mean, I'm guilty of, of, of fear. I mean, I'm guilty of the right. fear of what those, those people might do. And the reason why you won't buy a house, Michelle, is because you're afraid too, right? I mean, um, you, don't want, you don't want them to be able to come and take it from you. No, it's not that I don't want them to come and take it from me. I don't want to... Uh, pay into the system and, and and so i suppose like by you know 
you could reason out that I don't want to have the house taken. But I've owned several homes before, mm-hmm. and it, it that's not what stopped me. I didn't pay property taxes on them, you know. So, um, how do you not pay property taxes on a home? I just don't understand that. I was thinking about this the last time we talked about it, and the home that my husband and I had together for eight years, he might have paid twice actually. Um, and then what? Not the other six years. You know what? It's. I mean, I don't know. I, I, they, they weren't. They wasn't even assessed when I sold the house either. So I there mean, was just some the, sort of bureaucratic. The place that you guys lived. I mean, your husband's a, was a is a very wealthy man. Rancho Santa Fe, the most exclusive neighborhood in the country. Yeah. And somehow or another, they just didn't allow one of the mansions to pay property taxes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I I, I, oh, I find this to just to be we a. We didn't full, have a mansion, but um, no, I mean, you know, look, I, I, if you've I, looked yeah. at where I've lived, you lived in a mansion. Okay. Okay, okay I'm telling yeah. you that. Yeah, it was pretty fancy. <laughs> I'm telling you that it, the the government is not nearly as organized as we would like to think they are. They're not. It's not nearly as uh, as together, and I think that um, I can't imagine that I, I was the only one getting away with it. Well, then do not move to southwestern New Hampshire where they have their crap together and will take your house from you within mm-hmm. three years of you not paying property taxes. That's the claim, at least. Oh, I know they'll do it. Have the, Do you know someone they've done it to? What, the, taken property from Normally this? they take property from, usually what happens is they will, uh, they'll send out notice. And they'll threaten somebody and they'll tell them that they're going to take their house and they'll say, all right, you've got until this date to pay up. And then everybody pays up unless they're dead, uh, in which case then the city usually is successful at going ahead and taking somebody's somebody's house. In the, the time that I've been here, Mark, I'm not saying it hasn't happened before our arrival, but in the time that I've been here, there have been a couple of instances where the city has – where I found out that the city was looking at taking houses. And in every one of those instances, at the last mo- by the last moment, every one of those places had paid up. They found the money and they – or they came up with a – coughed it up. My experience is in my town, uh, usually what you're talking about are little woodlots and things like that that Mm -hmm. people have. They're not where they live. They're just little lots. And they say to themselves, for whatever reason, ah, they put a road through here or they didn't put a road through here. They discontinued the road that I had. You know, this this thing just isn't worth paying the taxes on anymore. I mean, you could have a woodlot. There's there's a woodlot that was attached to my property at one point. The old owners are being assessed $60,000 on it. The thing isn't worth $700,000. So you're saying that, and that many town of these, has snatched those. Uh, yeah, many of these people have chosen mm-hmm. not to continue pay, pay taxes on them. The town finally just you know says, okay, it's ours, and they take Jeez. it. And then they'll attempt to sell it off. So oh. yes, I've seen property taken from okay. people for the you know refusal. To I agree pay with you, property. Mark. It seems like governments are the governments I've been around have been very very Johnny on the spot when it comes to property taxes. They're they're much better at collecting money from people than they are at doing some other bureaucratic things. So you're saying, Michelle, that you didn't uh, not pay taxes on purpose and that you were invoiced. You're just saying that you, you were essentially off the books for whatever reason or to um, your knowledge. I'm, well, no, I intentionally did not pay. Right. I mean, <laughs> but you never got an invoice. No, I never got an invoice. Right. And this, the other home um, that I owned in California, I owned it just for a year. So mm-hmm. I probably just kind of slid most gotcha. people have, uh, you know, their property taxes included in their mortgage payment, too. So I There's don't know that. whether you had mortgage payments or not. Um, you know, you don't have to go into your personal finances here on Free Talk Live, although you are, I guess. Um, but, you know, most of the time that I paid a mortgage, the mortgage company had the property taxes and, you know, whatever else just all wrapped up in there and you paid it all. When I think of somebody who doesn't pay property tax, I think of somebody who receives invoices for property tax but doesn't pay. Mm-hmm. 
And there aren't very many people that I know of like that. I've met one man who makes that claim, mm. and I believe I believe him. Um, and I wish I just you know maybe someday I will have that the the, the level of courage that that guy does because I think that's incredible. He's, he oh, hasn't been paying. I know a couple twenty nine that, that is getting, has been you know spent the last couple of years not paying their uh, taxes. Really? You know them too. Uh, they live. We down, should talk about that. Yeah, Winchester. I, don't think I know who those people are. I I know exactly who. So I I almost said their names, but yeah. okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'm very interested in that. So uh, so so maybe as more people come up here, we'll see more of that. But anyway, kind of got distracted from the main point of the story, which is Mark Emery, who's the Prince of Pot, and the fact that he's going to be in federal prison now, probably for the remainder of his sentence. But the very last bit over at StopTheDrugWar.org does point out that he can reapply, which means beg. Uh, he can beg again for another transfer in a year. In two years. Oh. He's been in what sixteen months? Or something? He's been. Oh, I think it's been over a year at uh, at this point. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it answers that here. Just as he's currently it's serving. It's a five-year pr- prison sentence? Yeah, it's a five-year thing, and I'm pretty sure he's been in for at least a year at this point. 85% for uh, you know, uh, federal inmates. Right. So when he's down for four years, he'll be so ready to go home, it won't matter. So anyway, that's the update on the Mark Emery case. As I said before, there are, there's probably more detail over at CannabisCulture.com. That's where his wife, Jody, uh, has been blogging about this. She has been receiving blogs from Mark and so those have been posted, as I understand it. Uh, you can go and visit those folks, and they're great great people. Uh, CannabisCulture.com. More coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. We'll also talk about the police and how they've responded to some decriminalization efforts and the outrage that they are expressing about them. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait, there's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site there totally free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. So uh, there's some bad news we gave you last hour about Mark Emery. And the fact that uh, the Prince of Pot, the publisher of Cannabis Culture Magazine, is still in federal prison. They're refusing to allow him to transfer back up to Canada. That's just kind of a summary there of what uh, the bad news was. There's a little bit of good news, hopefully, that uh, might counter that to some extent in your mind. And that is, of course, that in Massachusetts, they have been having some real success with decriminalization efforts. Uh, There was a, a ballot measure back in, I think it was 2008, 
where the people of Massachusetts voted fairly overwhelmingly for the idea of marijuana decriminalization. I'm not just talking about medical cannabis here. I'm talking about the decriminalization of the possession of, I believe it was up to one ounce of cannabis. And it essentially turned that from a misdemeanor charge, an arrestable offense, into a ticketable violation. And the way the law is written, it makes it really easy to non-cooperate with the tickets. There's actually no punishment for those who don't pay the tickets. So effectively, it has become a non-issue. The idea of having marijuana on your person, in your car, up to an ounce, is effectively a non-issue. People are en masse not paying these tickets. It's just a huge non-cooperation movement on the issue of marijuana down in Massachusetts. And that's great news. And that, that we've talked about to quite an extent, I think, on this program. There was an update recently where the Massachusetts Supreme Court made the decision that a puff of smoke is not enough or the smell of uh, smoke is not enough to allow a police officer to order people out of a car to be searched for anything, let alone illegal drugs. And this was another landmark decision that the court made as a result of this law being in place or this decriminalization effort. The court looked at this and they said, look, this isn't a crime anymore, effectively. So you can't use evidence of it as evidence that other crimes have been committed. You can't – You know, this is – you cannot any search that you do based on the smell in a car is going to be thrown out, and they made that decision. That's a huge decision for them to make. Great news for uh, for the ideas of, of freedom. I think there. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I guess it's it just stands sort of to reason when um, it's no longer a criminal matter. It's actually a civil matter, as I guess where the mm-hmm. state is the plaintiff or something, and I guess that it just kind of stands to reason more than anything. I don't know. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So uh, policeone.com, this is a website where police news is uh, posted. And so this is the news from the Lowell Sun that they're uh, reporting here, and that's Lowell, Massachusetts, where they talk about how the Supreme Court recently made this uh, particular decision, and local police chiefs are fuming over the ruling says the, Low- the Lowell Sun, which serves to further decriminalize marijuana laws in Is the that state. Is little play on the marijuana thing, fuming? I think so. Yeah. Lowell Police They're Superintendent smoking mad. <laughs> Kenneth Lovely said simply, law enforcement has been given a setback. What? Law enforcement has received a hit to their bong. <laughs> it's a disappointing situation, said Tewksbury Chief Timothy Sheehan. It's like a swat to their one-hitter. In a 4-1 decision this week, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court ruled that in light of the passage of the 2008 ballot question that decriminalizes less than an ounce of marijuana, that the odor of burnt marijuana alone cannot reasonably provide suspicion and criminal activity to justify an exit order when people when police people order police excuse me when police order people out of a vehicle or according to one of their chief justices but justice judas cowan uh, the lone dissenting vote wrote that even though possession of a small amount of marijuana is now no longer criminal it may serve as the basis for a reasonable suspicion that activities involving marijuana that are indeed criminal are underway but remember she was one vote out of five the other four voted in favor of stopping the police from this intrusive behavior and the police are upset the ruling has raised concerns from police while generating praise from defense attorneys and advocates of legalizing marijuana. Sheehan said he had read the ruling and agreed with Cowan's dissent because, this is again the cop saying this, because the smell of marijuana could indicate possession of a non-criminal amount of the drug or a larger amount that could still lead to criminal charges. 
he said that there's just as much of a chance that there's a criminal amount of marijuana. I feel like this handcuffs our ability. Why is there just as much of a chance? How can you statistically say that the that uh, you know that that the the cop is dealing with somebody who could instead of just having a small amount have a criminal amount? There, it would seem to be ludicrous, the yeah, idea that it. that in any randomly pulled over vehicle with the smell of marijuana present... There's a 50-50 chance that they have a bale in the trunk. More than an ounce, <laughs> yeah. How many people travel around, how many marijuana smokers travel around regularly with more than an ounce of pot? It would seem to me that there is less than a 50-50 yeah. chance. <laughs> Far less. But it doesn't matter. He can just lie through his teeth. And, He's a cop. Uh, yeah, he can right. get away with it. I'm going to develop some perfume and call it... Oh, do cannabis or something? I believe it's been done. Oh. <laughs> you might want to look around for that. Lauderdale said it's important for police officers to be able to determine if something else is going on in the car, such as the driver is under the influence or if there is marijuana or other drugs being sold. Sheehan says he does not think the ruling limits officers from getting a driver out of the car if the officer suspects the driver is too intoxicated to be legally driving. Lavalle said that if the officer determines there are no other circumstances, then no harm, no foul. I don't understand why it, a search, would be a concern. With this ruling, we are put in a situation where our efforts to maintain public safety are diminished. So all this big hubbub over the fact that the police can no longer use the excuse that they smell marijuana as a reason to get you out of the car. They are saying that this is, an, this is a threat to public safety. Well, I think that that's probably the best argument I've heard here is that, um, you know, that, that driving while intoxicated is against the law. Um, there, I, I, I find it a problem that there isn't an amount of, you know, sort of, uh, blood marijuana, blood THC level that they can uh, quantify as being dangerous. Um, you know, they have decided that 0.08 is, uh, as far as alcohol goes, but it seems to me that, uh, you know, if they're going to have the idea that, uh, you know, driving while intoxicated is bad, and I, I th- I'd say that it is that, uh, you know, that would make some sense. Well, as far as the, the danger is concerned, the reason why they can't show a level that's dangerous is because it'd be incredibly difficult to find that. I mean, all the tests have shown that marijuana smoking drivers are pr- pretty much about as safe as uh, regular non-stoned drivers. So you'd have to have somebody who's really, really, really intoxicated to the point of not being able to uh, to drive. And If I was that stoned that I couldn't drive, I wouldn't want to drive. I wouldn't be driving. I would be sitting down eating a box of Cocoa Pebbles. You might say the same thing about uh, drinking alcohol, except for the Cocoa Pebbles part. Um, I've never known anyone to be in a car accident due to intoxication through cannabis THC. I've never known anyone to get in a fist fight, bloody someone, mm-hmm. knife them, shoot them. I have seen and known people that have done that on alcohol. The first time I smoked pot, I drove a car and I nearly drove it into the plate glass window of a furniture store. So there you go. I mean, You're the it, exception it to everything. Were you a good driver Mark? before that? <laughs> yeah, I was a great driver. I was really stoned, man. Hey, I don't, I don't deny that people can be intox- too intoxicated on various different things to, uh, to drive. There's no doubt about that. But the fact is many people um, smoke pot and drive and do it on a regular basis. Uh, look at your local pizza delivery man. Actually, um, yeah, it, it, I'm sure that that's true. Some of them do. And in fact, I, I, I agree that the statistics that in fact – People that smoke pot are not nearly as dangerous as people who drink alcohol. I would like to point out, it wasn't the first time I'd smoked marijuana. It was the first time I got stoned. 
Um, if, oh, the first time you got stoned. Right, the first time I got stoned. Because sometimes you'll smoke right. it and it won't and you affect won't get you. High. Yeah. yeah, that one, it just kind of, I didn't know any better. It just came up, came up on me. I'd smoke cigarettes, you know, I smoked that, I, whatever. Well, the choir of police chiefs continues as Balerica, Massachusetts. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that because they always pronounce things weird up here. Uh, Balerica, police chief Daniel. No place weirder than Massachusetts, though. Rosa agrees. Yeah, like Worcester. Yeah. Worcester, Worcester. Anyway, uh, Daniel Rosa agrees. He says, this not only hinders enforcement of the drug laws, but by limiting exit orders, it makes officers less safe on the street. As a result, this makes our communities a bit less safe. If we were just only able to order anyone out of a car for whatever reason yeah, that we wanted want. to. They want to be able to order people out of cars for whatever reason they want. That's right. And they feel that not being able to do that makes them uh, you know, somehow They're less danger. safe. When in fact, All those I would pot say, smokers with guns that want to shoot them, right? I would say that it's, it, it's otherwise, that their officers are less likely to get in scuffles with people um, whom they have not treated like crap and demeaned and belittled. More nonsense here from the police chiefs coming up in a moment. 800-259-9231. What this really shows is that the cops are not all about just enforcing the law or just doing their jobs. If they were just doing their jobs, they'd shut the F up and do what it is that the the, the law says. And that means stop ordering people out of their cars because it smells like smoke. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. And our website, by the way, uh, includes stuff like the wiki with over 2,000 pages of content. Created by listeners just like you. W-I-K-I wiki dot freetalklive.com. Now, have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too darn expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is the course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts, and it costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the 4CD course is so easy that the average 8th grader can learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com and download the free tools they have there for you, the free legal flowchart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletter, the free legal dictionary. You can use that, plus you can watch their free videos and then buy their course, Jurisdictionary.com. Remember to use the Free Talk Live pull-down menu when you check out to let them know that you heard it here. That's Jurisdictionary.com. 800-259-9231. News out of, uh, continuing out of Massachusetts as they are having... A bit of a rollback on the war on drugs. There has been a decriminalization of marijuana, the possession of up to an ounce. The Supreme Court has now followed that decriminalization up with a somewhat logical court ruling that uh, actually is in the, the favor of a little more freedom. They are preventing the police from being able to order somebody out of a car because they smell marijuana. And the police are pissed. And this article from the Lowell Sun over at PoliceOne.com 
is uh, outlining how upset these officers are. They're claiming that it's making communities more dangerous because the police can't order pot smokers out of their cars as though potheads are just lying in wait for the police officer and holding their machine guns uh, just down below the level of the door so they can blast uh, the cops as though marijuana smokers are somehow dangerous toward the police. I mean, come on. What do you expect people to believe? Anybody that's ever known someone that has smoked pot uh, should know that most of them are relatively docile people. I mean, clearly angry people can smoke pot. Uh, but as Michelle was talking about before, well, you see the anger coming out when typically those people get drunk. Let's say, well, let's say that, for instance, you're not dealing with a uh, nonviolent person here for a second. Let's say you've got the most violent marijuana smoker in the state of New Hampshire, uh, state of uh, Massachusetts. He's got guns on him. He's got a bale of marijuana, two bales of marijuana in the uh, in the trunk. If the cop never asks him to get out of the car, the cop's not in danger. How's the cop going to be in danger? What, the, I'm not the guy's sure. not going to open fire on the dude and that's what on the trying, cop. That's what they're suggesting is the case. But he's not going to if he hasn't been asked to get out of the car. Everybody who's pulled over just wants their t- in that situation. Just I see what you're give saying. Me your tic- just give me my ticket. Let me go. You're give saying me- that would escalate the situation and possibly right. mean. Oh, I see what the cop says, about. "Step out of the car." That's when the guy's going to open fire well, on him. Well, you know, I get, the cops. The cops kind of believe that there's and, and for good reason. There have been examples of this where. Uh, surely, where the cops will pull someone over and they'll blast the cop. I mean, regardless yeah. of whether they're asked to get out of the car or not. So I suppose that's true. Too. They're they're claiming that this makes them less safe because they don't get to order you around as much. And so the police officers, that's what they're saying. But some of the defense attorneys are saying the right thing. And, of course, one of them points out that if the officer smells smoke, the evidence is already up in flames. And there's no indication that there's any intent to sell it. So just write the ticket and let them go. Scott Michaelman, a staff attorney with the ACLU Criminal Law Reform Project, says the ruling is a strong statement that police cannot treat decriminalized conduct as if it were a serious crime. Heavy-handed police enforcement in the face of minor drug infractions not only wastes public resources but disproportionately affects communities of color. According to the November 2008 ballot initiative, which was approved by 65% of voters, individuals caught with less than an ounce of pot must forfeit the drug and pay a $100 fine. And as we pointed out to you, they're not. Well, they're, they're probably forfeiting the drug, but the $100 fine is not getting paid. And uh, all, all around the state of Massachusetts, the word has spread from what, from what I can tell uh, amongst the underground. People know that they can get away with not paying this $100 fine. And so they're not. And that also must upset the, the police department. So uh, you know, they, they tell you a little bit more about the, the case that brought this to the Supreme Court. But we told you about that before and we talked about the issue in, initially. So just wanted to share that with you. Oh, one more quote from, uh, from one of the cops. Sheehan questioned whether rulings like this were what the voters had in mind, though. He says, I still think marijuana is a gateway drug. Just because you think so, buddy, doesn't, doesn't mean that it's so. true. Uh, the, uh, the government's own studies uh, have shown this. It was the Institute of Medicine study. I think it was from 1999, where the Institute of Medicine is the federal government's own study, showed very clearly and conclusively that marijuana is in no way, shape, or form a so-called gateway drug. If there is any gateway aspect to marijuana, it's because it's prohibited. Yes, the but the cops that, don't want to believe that. Right. They want to believe that everything they've done up to this point has been right mm-hmm. and just and good for society. They don't want to believe that they've locked marijuana users up and ruined their lives and done it for no good but really their own pensions and the pensions of the ONDCP and, in fact, uh, it, it you know propagated the drug war and given jobs and uh, to organized criminals. 
They don't want to believe that. Okay, so the issue of having and consuming an intoxicant that can potentially cause harm to you or to other people, I suppose, is the is the the reason for the it being a crime. What about valerian root, which you can buy at any grocery store? You can get high from the traditional medicinal teas that you find on aisle seven and or on cough syrup. Yeah, I can make you such a sweet concoction from (laughs) things in the grocery store. Like, ooh. But um, yeah, and so those are all legal. Those are all, um, you know, FDA approved and da-da-da-da and can get you way more whacked than any... So the the most the most important point about this, I think, is to show the hypocrisy of these police, because so many of them will say, and maybe they, you know, again, they're not all the same. Obviously, the chiefs are a little different than the people who are the rank and file. For instance, here in Keene, New Hampshire, I've had plenty of conversations with police officers here that understand that at the very least, marijuana should be decriminalized. They they a lot of them get that. Uh, They support that idea. However. They're not willing to do anything about it. They're not willing to take action. They're not willing to stand stand up for it. Right. I understand that, Mark. But uh, they are in positions in which they could be more effective if they were to stand up. Sure. And they don't. And they don't because they're likely afraid of retaliation in many cases. They're afraid of what the police chiefs might do to them. These are the guys who benefit from uh, probably fairly well from enforcing the war on drugs. Yeah, if you're verbal about your, uh, you know, how you feel about the war on drugs, even just marijuana, you're not getting promotions, you're not getting the good assignments. Right, and it's the police chiefs that come out every time. If If there's a marijuana or medical marijuana provision that's coming up, it's the police chiefs association that sends their top guy out to come and speak out against uh, whatever the change is, because it's not about enforcing the law. It's about having more laws to enforce and to continue enforcing the existing laws. They don't want to roll back their influence. They don't want to roll back their power. They're not just following orders. Otherwise, they would just go along to get along on these issues. They would see that the legislature has passed this new law or the legislature has gone through with this decrim and, okay, now our job is to do... So-and-so. And And they they wouldn't complain about it. But oh no. It's a threat to their power. It's a threat to their budget. It's a threat to their... uh, It's a threat to their ability to control you. And it really... The police are really showing their hand. They're really tipping their hand in this case to show that it's really all about control and obedience. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. And they are, of course, protecting and serving the state, not you. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. 
for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. And those features include the mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you can just punch up m.freetalklive.com. Get quick access to our streams and podcast over at m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we will, of course, take your phone calls. Then talking about this police1.com article from the Lowell Sun. Uh, Police1.com is a police website where cops hang out and talk to one another. Forum and stuff. The Brotherhood. And they, of course, have comments on these articles. And one of the articles is about how in Massachusetts, the Supreme Court has now ruled that the smell of marijuana smoke in a car is not a reason enough to... It's not probable cause enough to give uh, the police officer reason to order somebody to step out uh, to to search, for instance. And the cops are very upset about this. Uh, the police chiefs are commenting in the article, but then the comments on the article at police1.com are also very interesting uh, because they're mostly by cops or people claiming uh, to be cops. And so uh, I'll just I'll just pick one here because it, it's hard to say which one is you know the worst. I'm just gonna. Throw one in. Uh, this one from SCU275. Let's face it. Our society and therefore our judicial system has straddled the fence on this issue long enough. Slowly but inevitably, we are heading towards complete legalization of marijuana. I, for one, That's am right. t- tired of the facade. We lis- risk our lives, spend thousands of hours and billions of dollars investigating marijuana, only to see the justice system demean our efforts by handing down ridiculously low sentences and then pass laws which further hamper our crime-fighting efforts. And I kind bo- of agree with this, though. I mean, that th- they're risking their lives I enforcing marijuana? I do think marijuana. that they risk their lives. They do it, uh, you know, th- their chances are pretty minimal. When was the last time they had a marijuana user fight them? Well, uh, yes, right. Thank you. Go drug, ask a cop. Drug busts. I mean, you know, they they bust into to houses. There's always a chance. Did somebody's you not gonna see smoke Cheech and Chong movies? <laughs> There's a chance, <laughs> Mark, but most marijuana users are I not going to smoke a cop. But yeah, these guys shouldn't be wasting their valuable time and energy on this stuff. Why are they spending their time and energy on this? They really should be out there getting the it's real an bad guys. Herb that God put. I'm on not claiming this it's herb. not. Sure. Well, this guy's saying he saying. thinks there should be higher sentences. He thinks that uh, the, the sentences are ridiculously but he's, low. He's tired of the facade too. So he, go ahead and legalize it. He's saying. Well, that's true. He does say go ahead and uh, and legalize it, uh, but. Anyway, he's trying to claim that it's like this big deal for them and it's really important for them to crack down even harder on pot users. He says, we supposedly go after the bigger fish and alleviate penalties for personal use. Have they ever heard of the concept of supply and demand? Let's just legalize it outright and drop the farce. We can then move on to crime fighting, which is worthwhile, and the government can collect more taxes. The courts would likely clear up their overloaded dockets as well. Win-win. I see no point in enforcing laws which the society and the judicial do not care about. It's a shame that more police at least don't see it uh, in that particular manner. That's one of the better comments on this uh, this particular comments list. Maybe we'll find some more for you here in a little bit. But we'll actually talk to Zach, who's listening in Minnesota. Zach, you're on Free Talk Live, and I think this is a Zach that uh, was formerly training to be a police officer, but you decided against it. That, that is correct. Um, you know, if I could just rant for 10 seconds about this case, it, this, this is one of the main reasons I left. And I'm glad I got out as early as I did. I was never a sworn officer uh, I made it to the junior level in a bachelor's program, and uh, that was where we started to talk about ethics and hmm. uh, techniques as far as practicing takedowns and all the other stuff that they love to do. And I remember going you know, to the class, and everyone talked about, oh, yeah, we'll take down with this, and, you know, oh, yeah, that'll get them in the taser class. And it, it's a culture 
and it's a career path, and it's a lifestyle of violence mm-hmm. and intimidation, and everyone's type A personalities. Everyone fights, and and that's what's happening here. It's it's a lifestyle and culture of control, and they love it. They thrive off it. I can say that because I was there, and really, I thank God that I saw the light and got out as early as I did before I turned into one of these cynical, negative guys. But um, that that quote you wow. just read, he's one of the ones that can still see the light. Um, you know, hopefully he can get out or try to affect some change from the inside, which was one of my first or one of my last viewpoints was maybe I can be that one cop and make some waves. And I started to make waves. I I held a lower ranking position within a department, uh, community service officer, which basically you just chase dogs all day. But um, I started to make some waves and I could see that life was going to be very difficult if I continued down that career path. So, uh, yeah. So they were, they intimidate their own people. I mean, they, they essentially intimidate their own so-called brotherhood into following along and not questioning things. Would that, you say that's yeah, true? You, you are trained to be a robot. You will mm-hmm. do as you're told. And this is just, you know, for the grunt guys, uh, the people up at the top pulling the puppet strings, of course, you know, they're the ones rubbing elbows with judges and everything else. But, yeah, the, the street guys, you're told this is what you do. You do not question. You follow orders. I tell you that drugs are bad, and I tell you this enough times, and you go through, you know, in some states like Minnesota, where an associate's level is minimum. Um, you need an associate's degree to become a, an, an officer, and uh, there's a good semester worth of just indoctrination. Drugs wow. are bad. Drugs are bad. And you hear it enough, yep. and you believe it. Yeah, and you can actually see this in some of the the, uh, the comments here where they're talking about how drug users or rather potheads are stupid. And, of course, it's interesting because there's plenty of dumb cops out there, too. It's not to say that everybody uh, – yeah, of course, some people that smoke pot are going to be dumb compared to others. But a lot of them are – you know, they're, they're doctors and lawyers and you know people that are paid very, very well in the upper echelons of society that smoke pot as well. Of course, the cops uh, don't go around pulling those people over. Generally, it'll pull, pull over the not. Lexus and, and search that guy. And, and to kind of to kind of finish up my rant, it's if if that person is so dangerous, because I, I believe you said um, a couple were claiming that this put them in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Um, if that person is that dangerous, I, I'm sure that it's going to come to light pretty quickly. It's It's not that. Oh, I can't order them out of the car. Now what's next? I'm sure whether or not that person's dangerous is going to be known to you fairly quickly. Based uh, on their demeanor and how they're behaving. Exactly. Here's another quote. Uh, This is one from one of the, the, again, the quotes or the uh, comments on policeone.com. Sounds like the Supreme Court in mass is as dysfunctional as the Supreme Court of Canada. At least one of them had her wits about her. Given that all judges were at one time lawyers, probably defense lawyers, their thinking is understandable, though deplorable. Seems that like, seems that lawyers like police officers stick together. Difference is police help people. Lawyers don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested in how many uh, judges actually were prosecutors. Yeah, I, would, I was it, prosecutors. I'd yeah. say that it's yeah. it's a much higher percentage of them that were prosecutors than there were defense lawyers. Mm-hmm. 
But a, a lot of people in the, I've known a lawyer who smoked pot too. So how many lawyers sure. are there that's uh, that smoke pot as many, well? Many, many. Yeah, uh, and, and of course there's plenty of cops that do it too. But they're not going to certainly not going to admit it here on policeone.com. But I just love the lot the last line. The difference is police help people and lawyers don't. Now there's no doubt that plenty of lawyers are you know real scummy and they are just out to milk people for as much money as they can possibly get. But I think some lawyers really do help folks and they are very interested in in you know some of them are very interested in freedom and it seems like while some police help people as well like maybe change a tire on the side of the road a lot of cops are not helping people remember that video of that uh, cop that uh, they're hurting give, them that, that wouldn't give that uh, couple that was asking for directions directions like she ended up giving them a ticket because they stopped and asked her for directions <sighs> mm, yeah i mean that's helpful yeah so zach what are you doing right. now uh, right now i'm going to school to be a paramedic oh okay there yeah. you go be sure you're helping people there. There's definitely some uh, some serious help that will be given uh, in that particular uh, that job description. I know you were calling for a different reason, though, Zach, so hang with us. We'll come back to you here in a moment at 800-259-9231. I believe he had a question or two. And, of course, we will take your calls uh, as well about anything at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Oh, and here's another quote I really like from the Police One story. Time to move to another state. The Kennedys have polluted mass beyond repair. It's the Kennedys. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. We've got the Shrine of Female Listeners where you can see dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video to show that they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to be part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you on any medications? Are you getting your meds at a local pharmacy? If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount prescription services will get you your meds at discounts as high as 70% off. And they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. You can click become a member there on the left-hand side of the page. or You can call the toll-free number that they have on the page at meds.freetalklive.com. Their customer service is excellent. They uh, use a third-party organization to test to make sure that there are no counterfeit drugs that are brought in. All these drugs are what they say they are. Um, they'll walk you through every step of the way, and, and you'll also save a lot of money. It's meds.freetalklive.com. Whether it's Zetia, Nexium, Lipitor, Ablify, Boniva, Cialis, or Viagra, it's meds.freetalklive.com. All right, so let's continue here with your phone call. Zach is still with us in Minnesota. Now, Zach, I know you were calling for some questions tonight, not necessarily to talk about the cops, but you certainly shared your thoughts, and I appreciated those. What else was on your mind? Uh, what I wanted to ask the three of you is... Uh, before I make the move to New Hampshire, because that's a couple of years off for me, um, I wanted to do some liberty outreach in my area. Mm. And 
I'm not sure what's the best way to rally people around doing doing these things. Uh, I tried to reach out to a couple of my friends that are kind of on board with my beliefs and everything uh, about, for example, going to the airport and uh, recording the TSA and uh, asking them tough questions. And nobody seems to want to step up. Right. Um, right. It, you know, they'll all nod their head in agreement when we talk and everything. And, yeah, that's a good idea. But now they won't do anything about it. And uh, is there really – what's the best way to find other people who are willing to do this kind of stuff? You know, if I knew the answer to that question, I would uh, not prob- probably not be living in uh, New Hampshire. Um I can tell you that my experience down in Florida was that I was associated with the Libertarian Party, so that might be a, a, a direction to look. Uh, the Ron Paul meetup, Libertarian Party, whatever kind of pre-existing network of liberty-minded people that there might be in your given area, that might be a good starting point. Um, but even with the Libertarian Party, these are people who self-styled themselves as activists. Even with those folks, it was very difficult I've described it many times as like pulling teeth uh, to attempt to get those folks to actually step up and volunteer and not necessarily take any significant risk, but to just go out and do outreach just to hand out the world's smallest political quiz and just talk to regular people, not to, not to confront the cops or anything like that. Nothing of, of any significant risk at all. And even that was a relatively difficult task. So... That was amongst a group of people who considered themselves activists. Taking folks that just agree with you and turning them into activists? I have no idea how you do that. I mean, <laughs> I wish I had a better answer for you. Mark? I, I, my answer, I knew that I didn't have to give an answer because I knew what your answer was going to be, mm. which was if you knew how to do that, you wouldn't have moved. I, you know, this was very frustrating uh, for Ian. I remember Ian, there was a p- p- newspaper picture of Ian at the radio station that I worked at, and I didn't know him as well as I do now, obviously. And he had a sign that, you know, honk if you to hate pat taxes or something the like that. The newspaper picture was posted at the radio station. Yes. It was not me at the radio station that's in the picture. That's I correct. It was posted on the side of the road. Station. And, uh, you know, people would people chuckle about Ian's activism at the radio station and make fun. And I agreed with him. And well, I got plenty of honks. Yeah, lots of honks. I I even helped, I think, at a one one of the booths that he set up at the, the county fair mm-hmm. to hand out some libertarian information and put people's little sticker on the uh, the the board for where you are as far as the world's smallest political quiz and things like that. But yeah, you can take the quiz yourself at quiz.freetalklive.com. I couldn't get terribly excited about doing this stuff because the, I saw no reason to. Well, the quiz is a great out, it's a great outreach tool, and I still I really think the quiz is a great product and the advocates for self-government is a great organization they're the ones that came up with the the world's smallest political quiz they market it they put it out there for for folks to take both online and in print form and so i probably have handed out hundreds of if not thousands of these quizzes and actually took quizzes with people like standing there in person at the booth that you were talking about mark and i know i've gone through thousands of individuals uh in my time doing activism and i'm sure of this just based on just that one uh that that, that one week at the county fair it was just an incredibly busy week and i was there for eight ten hours a day uh giving that information out and it was very 
it was a very positive experience for me in general. I mean, it was good for me because it got me to be more extroverted. You know, I had to make an effort to really get people over and, and talk and to talk about these issues and, and get them to take the quiz. And so for me, it was, a, it was a growing experience. It was a positive experience in that a lot of people were libertarian and that a lot of people would score libertarian and they'd never heard of the word before. They didn't know what libertarian meant. If they had heard of it, most people had no idea. And so the idea was really exciting getting these ideas into people's heads and seeing how many people actually agreed with them. But then that excitement turned into disappointment over time when no one would do anything. So kind of the same issue that you're experiencing, where despite the fact that hundreds of people of the thousands who took these this world's smallest political quiz would score as libertarian, would show an interest in the ideas, perhaps even buy a book or buy a pamphlet of some sort to take home and to learn more. These people never showed up at the, uh, the party meetings, and I can't say I blame them. They're incredibly dull meetings in the first place, and it really was just mostly a group of guys sitting around complaining about uh, politics or whatever, the issues. And but, but my point being, they never even showed up once, right? So they, they never even showed up to see how bad the meetings were. They didn't do anything. No, nothing ever came of it. There was, no, there was no activation on the part of these folks. Maybe that's me. You know, maybe I didn't know what I was doing. I don't think I still do, really. But uh, maybe that's because I could have done a better job at trying to activate them. But we collected emails, added them to an email list. Emails were sent out about things that were going on. So it's not like, you know, some of them obviously didn't give us their emails. But it's not like those who were interested in receiving more information didn't. They did receive more information. And they never acted on it. So this has always been my my biggest issue is that people, a lot of them seem to care about the ideas of freedom, but you don't really care unless you're willing to spend time on it, unless you're willing to do something. And it's frustrating having people do nothing, isn't it? It, it is. And I've, I've gotten to the point where I, I'm sick of sitting on the sidelines. I, I read article after article online, news story after news story, where the government's just creeping in, turning up the water on the frogs. Mm-hmm. And I need I I need to do something to push back, but I can't do it alone. And yeah, well, you can't move. I have New a Hampshire suggestion yet, so. actually. When when people say that, and what I tell them is, first of all, you know, find your philosophical principle and, and be able to get it down to as few of words as possible for me that the your word, elevator speech so well no i mean for me my entire philosophy can be summed up in can i say no the word no without being um persecuted mm-hmm. so i mean that my whole philosophy comes down to that can i say no can i opt out you know and um and then but the thing is that you know in terms of getting out there and getting involved you know, you could you could be doing something all day, every day and spread yourself so thin and, you know, you're probably not willing to go to jail for all of those things. So find the couple of things that you are really committed to and commit yourself to those things. And then when you have, you know, other opportunities to, you know, delve into other areas like Ian is awesome at going every week faithfully to the courthouse. And I have I've been once to go pass out information and stuff and and uh, but I live 30 minutes away he's right here however if there's something regarding uh, property rights regarding you know children or tax resisting issues I will absolutely be here for every single one single one of those things because those are my primary areas of of liberty interest that I you know for my own activism so so I just suggest to people that they find the things that they're really truly passionate about that mean something to them personally and, you know, and then go from there. Maybe your thing is the police work. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, Zach, what would that be? I mean, are there real key issues for you? Well, uh, yes, it's actually probably the police state would be the one that hits closest to home, and I and maybe that's why the TSA really kind of grinds my gears, if you will, mm. uh, because they're, they're uniformed government goons overstepping their bounds, and that's the reason I left. So, you know, that that's probably uh, my niche. Well, of course, if you're dealing with the police state, there's a good chance you're going to get arrested. Uh, you know, the more you deal with the police, uh, as far as an activism is concerned, the more likely they are at some point going to put you in handcuffs. And you said specifically that you're not ready to get arrested over this, right? Well, uh, if if the time came for it, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got to do what we got to do. So, right, but you've got nobody there to back prison? you up. Like, no. You, but... You've got nobody who's going to help you if you get arrested. They're not going to support exactly. you from the and outside. that's why I need to connect with some people, so... Boy, I tell you, try the try the Libertarian Party. Maybe try the Ron Paul meetup if that exists. I don't know where else to, to look. I mean, if you've got any ideas, I'd love to hear them. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of these airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site totally free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Now, last hour, we had Zach on the phone uh, from Minnesota, and he asked what I thought was a really important question. I think a a lot of people that are in the liberty movement or consider themselves uh, a liberty-minded person, a lot of you out there are likely feeling the way Zach is. You're frustrated. You feel like there's nothing that you can do or there's very little that you can do to advance the ideas of freedom in your area when you reach out, as Zach did, to friends or family members that may agree with you on the ideas. When you reach out to these people, they refuse to do anything about them. They refuse to even do the, the, the less risky types of activism, like doing outreach, just getting out in front of people and talking about the ideas and getting them into people's hands and into their eyes and into their minds. People just 
don't want to do anything. Now, there are different reasons for people's inaction. Of course, volunteers are what they are. You you get what you get when it comes to bringing somebody in as uh, as a volunteer activist. They're not getting paid. You know, they'd rather probably work on things that will pay them. You know, if they've got a job or a things career. Things to do in their lives, the families. Right, they get the, the house deal. to repair, the family to take care of, the bills to pay, the food to put on the table. Last thing they've got on their mind is going to the courthouse to do outreach or setting up an outreach booth at a you know the gay and lesbian pride fest or the uh, or the gun show or where, wherever getting getting the word out. That's not a it's not a high priority on their list. Now you're you're their friend, so you could you could say that you guys are priorities for one another. Your friend your friends are your priority, and you should be their priority if they need help. But this isn't like a life or death situation, so they're not really going to feel any kind of obligation to assist you Plus, nor are they obligated if being your friend means going and doing unpleasant circumstances over and over again they won't be your friend they won't long. be your friend for long yeah i mean that's just right. how friendships are friendships yeah. are emotion and circumstance based right and so most people just aren't going to break out of their comfort zone for you they're not going to break out of their comfort zone for the for these ideas because also besides the inconvenience factor of doing activism there's also the risk factor People don't want to take risks. In fact, many Americans have been trained to be risk-averse, been trained by the news media, been trained by the government schools. Oh, you don't want to do that. That could end up you, – you could end up in jail. They might, they might take your house from you. You don't want to do that. You could end up with a ticket. You could end up with, you know, fill in the blank. Those people might hurt you if you do that. Why not just keep your head down and just hope for the best? It's a lot easier that way, isn't it? So people are just, they're just not interested in taking risk. They want to take, most people, and, I, and this may be a human nature thing, uh, but most people just want to take the safe, safe path. They'll, they'll take the road most traveled. Largely true. Right, they're going to take the road most traveled. The road most traveled is traveled for a reason. Because it's easier. It's easy. Or that's what they believe. Mm-hmm. That's the way most people... It's predictable. Yeah. So it's frustrating. Well, smooth. I mean, just think about the roads around here. You know, there are plenty of, of um, really awesome uh, ways to get around without being on 101 or 202 that I just mm-hmm. love. I love it that there are 10 different ways to get any one place around town and, and out in the suburbs. But a lot of the roads are are dirt. And so you have to wait until they're, um, you know, re not um, graded or whatever in the springtime. So right now they're really ready. Now, it, so it's it's not the shortest. It's not the easiest. It's the... It's the smoothest, though, to travel by the road. And I think that that's for people. They don't want any bumps and yep. bruising. I don't blame them. Yeah. I don't blame them for that. That's it's only natural to want to be, you know, to want to feel safe and to not uh, want to stick one's neck out, so to speak. And so that's why people like Zach and myself, when I was down in Florida, had a very tough time finding people to do these things with, to do activism with. And that can be very frustrating when you're looking around and you're seeing, as he mentioned, police corruption is a major issue for him. When you look around and you see different news stories of the police getting away with murder, uh, getting away with uh, all kinds of just horrific crimes Mm -hmm. against peaceful people, you look at that and you say to yourself, there's there must be something I can do. But then when you look around for someone to help you do these things and you find no one, that's an incredibly depressing and frustrating situation. And that's why a lot of people are coming here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I know that a demo from LibertyOnTour.com is, uh, and CopLock.org is going out tonight with some new friends that he made at the local college mm-hmm. uh, who actually reached out to him through CopLock. They didn't realize that he was here in Keene. Wow, they had found right CopLock on. and they thought CopLock was pretty cool. So they reached out to CopLock <laughs> and they found out that, uh, hey, a demo from CopLock lives in Keene. And so they've gotten together and they're all going to go out CopLocking tonight. 
Well, you know, you talk about being, you know, kind of lonely and stuff. I took Faisal to uh, your son. Yes, my my son, who's now fifteen, and he must have been like I don't know nine or something. It was the two thousand four um, presidential uh, elections that were, you know, they were going around doing their speeches and everything. And there was one going on in Reno, Nevada, and so we went down from the mountains and and um, we just held signs and walked around saying, you know, live free or die, and you know those kinds of you know slogans, mm-hmm. not a uh, uh, backing a. a presidential uh, candidate or anything, right. but there were people that like spit on me and my Whoa. son saw this who were, you know, and accusing me of um, basically child abuse because I was getting my kid out there and telling mm. him that, you know, it's better to die than to live, you know, not free. And didn't I know that there's a sacrifice that needs to be made in order to have your freedom mm. and da, da, on and on. And it didn't, it, they didn't even make sense really. No. They just yelled at me and I was so appalled. They drunk? No, these were sober people dressed mm. in suits that had attended a big fundraising thing for, uh, I think George Bush. Mm. Drunk on obedience, yeah. drunk on power. Yeah. So it's frustrating. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. And that's why you just, the only real solution, the long-term solution, and Zach realizes. Right. And, and Zach said he's going to. Zach said he's going to. Hey, uh, you know, man. it's funny, right? You know, that that is the solution that we often give. But remember that every other talk show host has their solution, and their solution is even more laughable. It's vote for the Democrats or vote for the Republicans. Yeah. That's what every one of them's got. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's either that How's choice that or the other. Out? And that's really right. laughable as if that's going to change anything, except get Democrats or Republicans in charge. Things are oh, changing honey, here. I'm, you're, you're changing your tune from last week. I'm so pleased. I don't know. What oh, you're he'll change about. back. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that uh, voting for Democrats day. or Republicans generally are uh, is not a solution. However, I agree with you. But things are changing moving, here. Moving to New Hampshire actually will be a solution. It is. Yes, a because for if for no other reason, yes, you will be able to find people to do activism with you. If yeah. your activism is a good idea, people are going to step up and they're mm-hmm. going to get involved. Now, even amongst the activist community, I'd like to see more people do more activism. But then again, uh, that's just it's the 80-20 rule is going to be in effect. I mean, some some people are more active than others and some people's activism is more visible than others as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are active, can be activists, but not necessarily at the front lines. It can be the, the back uh, end of things, the technical support, if you will, mm-hmm. or the financial support. Right. So there are different ways to uh, to do activism. But it's hard to do any activism if people aren't there for you. If people aren't there backing you up from a mental, you know, support kind of perspective sure. and also from a social perspective as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a great social scene here in New Hampshire amongst mm-hmm. the activist community and a tremendous level of activism. I mean, it's it's unprecedented. The like I've done more just like since the spring, it's kind of warmed up a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Just in the last two weeks, there's more activism that's gone on here than went on an entire year uh, back in Florida. Mm. There's more stuff to do here than you can actually Attend. And speaking of spring, I did a lot of complaining the last several months because it was cold and I'd broken my tailbone and it was Ooh. icy and I was miserable. And even though I do like snow and I've got to tell y'all, this is going to be my first spring here. And I think it's going to be the prettiest place I've ever been in the springtime. It's just now springing. The, wow. the leaves here in Keene are just now coming out Buds and the flowers everywhere. are going to come out. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah I, I feel the same way. And I when, when so I think pretty. about when I think about spring, I you know, and I, I and and then fall when the leaves are changing. Those are my two favorite times Me of the too. year. It's really difficult to uh, pick between those two. I have but to say I'm torn as well. Special times mm. in New England. I don't know what it's like in the northern parts of the United States elsewhere besides New England. I know that, uh, you know, I live down in Florida. There were flowers out all the time. 
big fat hairy deal. It's not special. A flower. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, but after a long winter to see the, uh, yeah. the the green shoots coming up, my daffodils are outside of my window. I've got a little bird feeder. His daffodils. Life is such is so much more conspicuous when you have the contrast of yeah. uh, the absence. That's of exactly it. right. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control here. We'll take your phone calls about anything coming up, and then we'll give you the story about some of our listeners that were arrested out in California for having masks on. It's Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Hunting, shooting, camping, apparel, auto ATV, tactical gear, survival equipment. OutdoorBunker.com is your one-stop discount shop for all your outdoor survival needs. From scopes, holsters, and knives to backpacks, flashlights, sleeping bags, and more, OutdoorBunker.com features a massive selection at incredible prices. Orders over $100 get free shipping. FTL listeners, get the UTG Deluxe Universal Horizontal Shoulder Holster for only $9.95. I've got mine. Get yours at OutdoorBunker.com slash FTL now. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for our news updates. Follow the latest information about Free Talk Live. You'll know it first if you're on the news list. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Sign up for our email updates or receive our updates via Twitter or Facebook. Once again, that's news.freetalklive.com. If you have a company and, you know, yeah, having a little trouble in the area of, say, collecting on bills, SACL CAI can handle that problem for you. They'll do it in a manner that respects your customer. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. Uh, SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, big supporter of Liberty, and you should support his company at SACL CAI. Let's go to your phone calls. Uh, we can talk to you about anything you want. 800-259-9231. Brian is listening in Charleston, West Virginia, to WVTS. Hello, Brian. You're on with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Hey, thanks for taking my call. No problem, Brian. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm just a recent listener, and I just started listening to you guys, and I heard you all. Thank you. Um, I just heard y'all talking about the other day about the Liberty Dollar, and you had a gentleman on there, I guess, not too long ago, uh, discussing uh, what happened to him and how he's how he produced them and all that stuff. But my main question is, um, I went back to my collection that I had that I inherited from my father, and uh, he had a few of these coins in this uh, collection that he had. And I was just wondering if... Uh, any, if there's any value to them as far as the U.S. dollar is concerned. Are like you, if I you specifically referring to the Liberty dollar? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I mean, if it's an ounce of silver, then it's valued at the very minimum at an ounce of silver. Uh, it may be valued more than that due to its numismatic value. Numismatic value meaning like collectible value, like there's a date on it and it's a certain issue number. You know, it's Basically, it's been issued in a certain year and so it... There's there's value to some things based on that, some more so than others. How much extra value there would be on a Liberty Dollar because of that, I'm not sure. There also may be numismatic or collectible value because it was essentially labeled as contraband um, that, and, and has been prosecuted and the organization has been shut down. So there may be some value to it uh, based on that. I know that immediately after the raid, the these dollars were – the, not dollars, but the, these Liberty silver liberties from the Liberty dollar were going at quite a premium on eBay at that time. So they were going for above spot value. I know they're getting a premium now too. Are they? Yeah. 
So you might want to just look on eBay and see what people are paying for them. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I had a, I just, I didn't have like you say a big, uh, you know, a big collection. I just had a handful of them, and I was just curious about them, and and if I should just hold on to them for for my children's, and if they want to give them to their children. Unless you're children. desperate for cash, I say hold on to them. I mean, it, it, an ounce of silver is still. An ounce of silver. So right now, silver is approaching fifty dollars an ounce. Uh, before you know it, that might be a hundred dollars an ounce. So it, probably, unless again, you need to get the bills paid, you need to get cash out of that silver. I would definitely hold on to it. What do you guys think? Hold on to it. Yeah, I started um, investing in silver and put sitting money aside and said that I was just going to keep going. And there, there was one uh, point when it was around. 39 and I said and I even said it to you guys I said if it goes down to 38 I'm actually going to sell my silver and then and wait for it to go down because I forecasted that it wasn't going to go down you know for my purposes or whatever and uh, sure I'm glad that I didn't but I think that it's you did not sell I did not sell it right so yeah I think that you know you have to decide whether or not you are um trading out money that's discretionary income that you can set aside and, and not need. That's There's a big difference between that and money that you need to, to eat with. I don't think that you should be buying uh, right. your you know silver with or any other investment with money that you need to eat. Right. So if you're doing all right for yourself, then hold on to it. In fact, consider buying more silver, as a matter of fact. I mean, if you've got some money to uh, to invest, that might be a good idea to take some of it at least and, and put it into silver. Any other thoughts? No, that'd be it. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And by the way, if you would like to get some silver, you can do so by going to silver.freetalklive.com. And that's where we've teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some easy options, make it easy to choose uh, what silver you'd like to purchase. Silver.freetalklive.com. There are also some gold options on there as well. If you've got a little bit more money to Seems like metals are going up. Uh, It seems like they're going to continue to go up. They certainly haven't stopped printing dollars. Yep. They're not uh, going to. No. So uh, yeah, get some more if you get it, if you got the chance. But as Michelle says, be smart about it. Don't just pour all your money into silver. You still need things to. You still need the Federal Reserve note. Unfortunately, yep. we still have to have the Federal Reserve note in our lives. Uh, but maybe as the Federal Reserve note continues to lose value, maybe more Americans will wake up to that fact and they'll start to really figure out that value-backed currency is the way to go. They'll start acquiring more silver. And before you know it, who knows? Maybe we'll have a situation where store shelves actually have two prices on them, where there's a silver price and there's uh, there's an FRN price. Or, of course, if we've got hyperinflation, it'd be hard to keep the shelves updated. Then you just have to take it to the little scanner things and get the, get the daily price of those items. You know, I'd love to see people buying and selling in silver, but I've stopped. I'm not doing any business in silver anymore. I want to hold on to mm-hmm. my silver. I don't want to sell any. So Gresham's law. Gresham's law has kicked in for me. I'm uh, even though I want to. This is a very important issue for me. I want to see people doing business in silver. I'm not really willing to. What about a silver discount? What if you could get something no, sure. at a discount what, for silver? Well, that, that would override it for that's you. That's basically then, right? what it what it is. But every day, you know, uh, many days, silver goes up. So for me, you've got to, uh, you know, let me have as much silver as I think silver maybe, uh, you know, let me get as much for silver as I think it may be worth. Say at the end of the week or the end of the next week or something like that. And who wants to do that? Toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, speaking of that dual price idea, you're likely going to see that at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, yes. where liberty-minded people are, are coming together and for an entire week uh, up at uh, Rogers Campground. That's where and- I bought my silver. 
the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of silver around yeah. there. Some of it's just for sale, and other things like people are selling products or services, or uh, you know they're selling food, mm-hmm. and they'll accept both Federal Reserve notes and silver. Yeah. So you get to choose. Most most vendors that I was aware of were willing to, to accept silver in addition to uh, Federal Reserve notes, and so that's cool because it kind of gives you that that taste of what things could be like when. More people would come on board with these ideas, and inevitably people are going to because this Federal Reserve note is not going to be around forever. Well, back there's a pizza place in in, a, in town, and I spoke to them back in September about accepting silver uh, for pizzas, mm-hmm. and the gentleman was amiable to the idea, and um, and then it just really didn't go anywhere. I didn't push it hard enough. I really, it was, yeah. you know, whatever. And well, did was, you ever actually buy a pizza with silver? No, okay. I mean, but he was, you know, he was interested, but he wanted me to bring in, first he said he was interested, then the next time he said I was ready, and he's like, well, I'd need to get more information because I don't really know how this could work. I'm like, okay, well, fine. So I was able to go in there, though, recently, and I think that silver was at 42 when so it was pretty recent mm-hmm. and i said just think if you had accepted that silver from me back when it was valued at 23 dollars an ounce then you would just have doubled the value of that's right uh, you know it would have been like i'd bought two pizzas five pizzas yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever you know so where does that stand then where does um if i can if i can explain to him and i'm not the best person to do that and in package it in such a way he's interested but he didn't know how he would give change and yeah that's tricky you. Just yeah, confused, change is tricky you know? basically you have to be in a situation where you're like i'll give you this you know, half ounce of silver for two pizzas or something like that. Well, you could always give change in Federal Reserve notes as long as the yeah. customer's okay with that. That much is true. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. There are a lot of bumps in this road that need to be ironed out, and at least we're moving in the right direction. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free. Just uh, dial in at 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything you'd like. That's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. I mentioned the Porcupine Freedom Festival, by the way, a few moments ago, and want to invite you to learn more about it, to get together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, all in the same place, all at Rogers Campground at the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. You can go to porkfest.com to get registered for the event. You can use our discount code and save 20%. That's uh, code, by the way, is Free Talk Live without any spaces. Just put Free Talk Live in there. You'll save 20% on your Porkfest registration at porcfest.com. It's got everything. If you love freedom, you're going to find something that you're interested in. Everything from live musical performances to, uh, let's see, there's also going to be the Soapbox Idol competition. I believe there's going to be a cook-off. Uh, lots of camping-style parties. Buzz is bigger than ever gay dance party. That's right. Family fun as well as agorism and action. So Go learn more and get signed up at porkfest.com if you want to experience what it's like to be in a community of liberty-minded people. This is your chance. I mean, it's cool to come up here to New Hampshire any old time and kind of travel around and meet some of the people that are here. But in this case, you don't have to do much traveling. You just go to that one location and all the people are there. 
the people from all around New Hampshire, the people you hear about on this show, they're there. Most all of them. Although, Michelle, we're not so sure about you this time. I'm not going, but I'm going to have a party to celebrate my one-year anniversary of moving here. That's exciting. Yes. uh, But a lot of people will be there, and it's going to be an absolute blast. Look forward to seeing you there. Free Talk Live will be there, broadcasting live every single night. So once again, porkfest.com. As uh, we continue here with, uh, of course, we'll take your phone calls about anything, but there's news actually about some of our listeners, uh, Benjamin and Russell. I think I, I know Benjamin listens. I'm not sure about Russell, but uh, Benjamin and Russell Bartholomew, they are they're living out in California at this time. And I know for sure that Benjamin is a, a Free State Project participant. He does plan on making the move to New Hampshire. But like Zach, who called earlier tonight, Benjamin's frustrated by the police state that he sees around him he's frustrated by the violence of the government the aggression of the state the harm that it does to innocent peaceful people and he feels like and we've talked to him about this on the phone before he feels like he needs to get active now he can't make it to new hampshire immediately so he's got to do something now and i don't blame anybody for feeling that way and my advice has been this pretty consistent on this and that is that if you feel like you got to get out there and do something by all means get out there and do it but don't be surprised if you get arrested in the process even if you're doing something that you don't expect to be arrested for. Yeah, this is constitutional. What's the big deal? Just (laughs) to protest. Right. Just getting out, just getting active puts you at risk. That's not to say you aren't at risk anyway. If the government wants to come after you for some reason, they're going to come after you, whether you're an activist or not. But certainly sticking your head up is going to want to come after. Right. It's going to increase those odds. Well, and the community of California is very different than the community of New Hampshire, just in terms of not even I'm not talking free staters versus not. I'm talking about the police and just the ambiance. I mean, there is a reason New Hampshire was chosen. Mm-hmm. Sure is. It, and, and then the reason, one of the big reasons is because it's just a lot freer in a number of and ways. People are very self-reliant and they love liberty and it's, it's valued here. So just the community that these, that the police officers here are growing up in is very different than the very oppressive, socialistic, Correct. tyrannical area of California. So just to give you an example of what can happen when you decide that you can't wait you can't wait till you're around other people who are of like mind. You have to have to get out and do something. And again, I'm not telling you don't do it. I'm just saying, be realistic. This is a police state, and the police will behave in a certain way, and that is aggressively towards anyone that threatens the status quo. So Benjamin and his brother went out uh, just, I think it was over the weekend or just a few days ago. Seems like it was really recently. Yeah, yeah. it's very, very recent. Uh, for two Wheatland brothers, this according to AppealDemocrat.com, local uh, newspaper up there. In California, wherever, Wheatland, wherever that is. Yuba County, wherever that is. California's a big place. Sheriff's Department there, it was two misdemeanors committed by masked men. And for the two Wheatland brothers, it was political theater. Benjamin and Russell Bartholomew were arrested on Wednesday afternoon after hanging a 20-foot-long sign. It's a long sign. With an anti-tax message from an overpass on Highway 70. The brothers... Uh, were booked at the Yuba County Sheriff's Department and released on their own recognizance. Charges are expected to include affixing a sign to state property and wearing masks to escape recognition while committing a public offense. These guys were arrested for free speech and for wearing a mask. The videos, the videos, just ridiculous. I mean, the one a cop, you know, when he came up to them, seemed, you know, he seemed cordial enough and said no you don't have to show me ids and no but there is this penal code 165 or whatever and you know it got 
it's illegal to have a mask. They're like, really? For the purpose of... of um, obscuring your identity. Obs- obscuring your identity. At which point the brothers I'll showed, their, face, showed exactly. their faces and then put the mask back on, proving that they weren't trying to obscure their identity. They were doing right. it for political purposes. Absolutely. Right. And so they're approached by a police officer not five minutes after they started this outreach, this, uh, this sign placing, if you will, on this overpass. And this first officer comes up, and these guys are pretty good. Like, they're they're pretty good at not answering the police's questions. They've listened to Free Talk Live. <laughs> at, uh, I would imagine they've also been to coplock.org, which is a really good place to go to get uh, information about that stuff. But they did a great job at handling the police officer. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter what you say. If the police have it in for you, they're going to come up with a reason to put you in handcuffs. Which police and- officer? There were what? Five? Five cars. Eventually, five <laughs> cars were called to the scene, meaning at least five officers, perhaps more. Uh, two, two young men holding a sign. That's yeah. right. And so the video is, by the way, over at freekeen.com. It's you, also at CopBlock, too. That's correct. If you, go to, uh, if you go to either of those places, you'll be able to watch this video. I considered playing it on the air, but the audio is kind of, uh, I don't know if it's quite re- broadcast quality. Uh, it's, it's certainly not ready for broadcast, if you will. It's not like there's a lot of cursing, but it's just the quality just wasn't there. But it's it's still listenable. Like you yeah. could put your put a pair of headphones on or put it on your speakers and, and listen to this. It's about a ten minute long video, and it's well worth watching. The entire thing is worth watching to see it, yeah. how these guys handle the situation with the police and how the police respond. And the first officer, they kind of talk him down to some extent. He backs away. He retreats for a few, and the the brothers aren't moving. They're standing their ground. They're going to continue their their protest. And it's at that point that this officer calls in the backup or the backup arrives. And so what you see happening is so typical. You're dealing with a group of bullies. You're dealing with a group of of people who know they can throw their weight around and they know that they can get away with whatever it is they want to get away with. And if they want to go after you and they want to hurt you and your friends, they can do it. But they need to have a few of them around. They need to outnumber you. And so it's not long into the video before enough cops show up to be the majority because at first it was one right. cop versus two two people two freedom lovers and then before the end it's five cops at least versus two freedom lovers and you can see them starting to gather and they just kind of coalesce into this line of violence uh that's uh, standing there threatening these uh, these peaceful men it was the men. woman that actually the female cop she was the nastiest up. she yeah. was the nastiest and when she turned off their camera i was just Yep, they're threatening. They're, at one point, they threatened to take their cameras yep. if they don't turn them off and that they're going to take them as evidence, take which them they as did. Evidence, which is hilarious. Now, I understand they did take them as what did. these cops mm-hmm. said. Turn off your cameras or we're going to take them as evidence. Mm-hmm. Destroy evidence is what they yep. told these people to do. Well, actually, it's I absolutely think, outrageous. I was hoping we were going to hear from them tonight, and that's why I kind of held this story off to the end. And we actually do have Benjamin with us listening in California. Oh, right Benjamin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Hello, guys. Hello, Michelle. Hi. Hey, glad to hear you're out of jail. Uh, go ahead and uh, sh- share some of your thoughts with us on what happened here. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm really surprised. I just got home and had a chance to be able to call you guys, and I uh, was just going to tell you about my experience, but you guys are talking about it, so that's, <laughs> that's really cool. Um, yeah, so I don't know what you guys have covered already. Uh, the five cops basically putting you and your brother in handcuffs because you refused to uh, – well, not refused. You 
had masks on, and they just simply arrested you for that. They wanted to get you off of that bridge. They wanted to get the signs taken down. Because actually, the beginning part of your video is like a political conversation. Uh, the cops attempt to engage you in a discussion about your belief systems. And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to watch the police as they, you know, the cognitive dissonance flares up in their minds and they refuse to look at the idea that taxes could be theft, which is essentially the message of your sign. Taxes equal theft, I believe, is what your sign said. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you what, yeah, stick with us here, Benjamin. We'll bring, uh, bring you back here in a moment. And they've got their own website. We'll be sure to get you that as well so you can kind of follow what these folks are doing. 800-259-9231. And they're pretty much doing it alone. It's him and his brother. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll try to sneak your call in here if you are on the line. Uh, it probably will be your best chance if you're not. Well, probably you shouldn't bother because a lot of people are. Uh, and we're back here. By the way, it's, uh, it's Ian, Michelle, and Mark. And, of course, you can uh, take control of the airwaves. That's the point of this program. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features on the site there. They're completely free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can be an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that we'll take 3 bucks a month in from you and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more internet listeners on board as well. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the forum, and the amp-only podcast as well. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. We've got Benjamin back on the line with us here in California. Uh, Benjamin, you and your brother were arrested because you dared to put a sign up on an overpass uh, that said taxes equal theft. Uh, According to the police, they had people complain because the sign was there that uh, anonymous complaints came into the department, and that's why they responded. Um, And they basically threatened the uh, the two of you. They ganged up on you in an attempt to intimidate you. You did not back down. You did not remove the sign. Uh, You did have masks on. You showed your faces, uh, but they still arrested you for having masks on. And it's just it was just an outrageous piece of video. And I highly recommend people take uh, the 10 minutes out to go and take a look at it. It's over at freekeen.com. That's an easy way to uh, to access it. But there's obviously a lot to the story. And we're not going to have time to touch on all the details here uh, tonight. But one of the points that uh, that I think that we were discussing, uh, Michelle, during the break, as far as what uh, what happened in in this situation, besides the police ganging up and, and using their numbers to outnumber you, because if, if there had been 20 of you on that bridge, how do you think that, uh, Benjamin, how do you feel like things would have gone differently? Oh, it, they absolutely would have gone differently because they would have realized, well, we can't arrest all of them. Mm. They, you know, and, and the numbers do matter, um, you know, which is something we don't have yet. We've had other people join us for uh, different things, but right now the, it's just usually me and my brother going out and doing stuff. Now, Benjamin, um, uh, what uh, what were you guys wearing the masks for? You, I saw the video. In the video, you said you were wearing them for a political purpose. When the officers asked you, to, uh, you know, said that it's against the law to wear masks to uh, obscure your identity, you said, "Okay, here's our." I, you showed the ma- you showed your face, and and therefore. Uh, you know, made whatever that arrest is, well, in fact, illegal that they performed. But why were you wearing the masks? Well, 
really, we wear the masks, uh, like I said, for political theater. The idea is, okay, we can go hold a sign, but we want people to pay attention to us and not just go, oh, some weirdos holding a sign for something. And we want people to realize that, um, you know, to, to pay attention, to look at in that direction, and kind of uh, how anonymous feels in, in, the, in the sense that anyone can do it. You know, it's not about us. It's not right. about us doing something. It could be anyone behind that mask. It could have been two other people. It could have been, it could have been them. Anyone can get out there and, and do a little bit of outreach. I mean, and, it, and we weren't doing civil disobedience. I mean, it was the mildest form. Or of, so you thought. Of, well, yeah, so we, so we thought. And, and, and I think in the video I even mentioned, because when they're talking about how we can't have a sign there, I think I even mentioned to my brother that, all right, well, I guess they're going to say we can't, because we just tied it to the chain link fence uh, so we didn't have to physically hold it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only reason. But well, I it was a huge I guess sign. This is tremendous, 20 it, feet it, long. Yeah, it's really heavy because um, we just made it out of poster board and, and some rope. So uh, now, what was it? One of the really interesting things about the video is sort of the conversation, the issues-based conversation you end up having with the police. You guys threaten, or excuse me, you don't threaten, but you feel threatened. And at one point, a cop has said this to me in the past as well, so I was very familiar with it. Uh, the cops will point out the fact that you're shaking, and uh, <laughs> and I have been that has been pointed out to me by a police officer, and I responded in a similar way that you did, and that's well, that's because you're intimidating. You've got a gun. And you're willing to put me in a cage. And so a cop said something like that to you guys, and you responded uh, thusly. And the cops denied. They just flat out denied that there was any kind of violence involved here. That they're, that they, How dare you suggest that we would be threatening you? These people with the flashing lights in their cars, with the uh, guns in their hips, um, that... that- put handcuffs on you and drug you off to jail and would have tased your butt and kicked you in the head had you tried to resist, uh, they weren't being violent. And they were. The, and if you don't file and pay income taxes, according to that one cop, Benjamin, um, they're not going to arrest you, but you will have to deal with the IRS. Yeah. Oh, they're not <laughs> right. going to arrest you. Just well, guys I, like them. Meaning will. the California Highway Patrol won't right. do that job. Yeah. Well, and I know as an open carry advocate here in California that if I walked around with my gun on my hip, and walked up to people and started asking them questions in a very, you know, uh, assertive manner, mm-hmm. that that would be seen as me going around and threatening people. Sure. Even would. if I were just going and asking, hey, do you think the sky is really nice and blue today? If I were just even asking the most silly, ridiculous questions, if I did it while I had a gun on my hip, they would come and arrest me for threatening and intimidating sure. people. Now, wait yeah, a second. They do I, it, I didn't think that you could op- um, open carry a pistol in California. I, I didn't either until I saw it on the Ridley Report like a year and a half ago. Huh. I thought or, it was only long saw, guns. I saw that you guys do up in carry. I thought that was uh, in New Hampshire. And I thought, what? Uh, that's amazing. And I said to myself, well, I wish you could do that in California. Looked it up, and apparently you can. Amazing. The gun has to be, quote, unquote, unloaded, but you can carry uh, magazines with you, so you can be loaded within two seconds. Hmm. Um, it's, it's, it may be two seconds silly, too late, but, uh, you know, better, but it's better than, it than the not. four or five minutes it takes for the police to get there. No, no doubt um, about it. Um, so so what else do you want to share about this encounter? Because, as I said, there's a lot to the video and listeners. Have you would, got your phones back? No, that's they're probably oh, not going to. Oh, no. In fact, uh, that same evening when we got released from the jail, I, I was asking them, hey, where's our phones? Where's our camera? Where's our tripod? Where are our masks? Where is our sign? And uh, they said, oh, evidence has them. Here's their phone number. I called them and get an answering machine and still yeah. haven't got a call back yet. And how many days has it been now? We don't even have we don't even have a receipt for this stuff. Oh, boy. So, yeah, so, a signed receipt at the time when they 
You might as well. It might well, as well. What just are you going to do? Bite him? I mean, you, you get your hands cuffed. Yeah. You're going to give me a signed receipt, copper. Yeah. I'm going to chew on your ankle. Yeah. I mean, because the claim is that it's for evidence, want. so right. you know, presumably well, you could have they could, they could copy it, and then you could get your stuff back. Yeah, that's that'd right. be nice, Michelle, if they actually did customer right. service oriented things like that. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about the police here, and our friends that were arrested in Weir for having uh, a video camera and recording the police. They've had Where? their charges dropped, and the cops still have the cameras. And that was a year and a half ago. It's a so, long. Right? It's been a yeah. long time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, you, I, you I might mean, as well just ha- chalk those up as a loss at this point. Oh well, we'd be happy to give them the footage. You know, yeah. No problem. We take it for our protection. But if they want it, we'll give them the footage. We're, we were going to put it online anyways. Um, but yeah, we'd really like our property back. Benjamin, uh, I hope that you'll keep us in the loop here as to what oh, transpires absolutely. and what develops. I know you guys are going to court uh, sometime in late May on this. Is that a trial date or an, uh, an arraignment? It just, I, I'm assuming it's an arraignment. We don't know anything about this process. Mm. We got a piece of paper that says you must appear on the 24th of May. All right. So that's. With all the cop block people and Facebook and everything, take advantage of that and get an event going and have people come out for your for your arraignments and Hopefully. trials and things like Remember, that. Remember, we're talking about California, Michelle, and the big issue anywhere else but New Hampshire is having people come out. Could happen. Right. Well, you, buy. I mean, you're pretty close to Humboldt. It, it wouldn't hurt to put the word out. It wouldn't hurt to yeah. invite people. But don't be shocked if it's just you and your brother and, like, your girlfriend or something like that that, right. that go out to the trial. But let us know and keep us in the loop. And, Benjamin, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Again, see the full video over at freekeen.com. And we continue with your phone calls. Don is listening in Illinois to XM's America's Talk. Hello, Don. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your how mind? How you guys doing tonight? That's great. Go ahead with your thoughts. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was calling about the Canadian, the poor Canadian guy down here in Canada, but then you got Benjamin on there. And uh, I guess I want to start off with, uh, welcome to the police state. Yep. Um, I mean, we are known now, the U.S. is known as the most aggressive police state on the planet. And... Uh, and obviously, this first, this poor guy's First Amendment rights is gone. Now, when uh, but, when you uh, say things like that, uh, people people tend not. To, I feel like people tend not to believe me when I say that. What do you do in order to to prove it uh, to your friends and family when you say that the United States is one of the most aggressive police states on the planet? Well, I live in Seattle, and if you guys remember back in what ninety eight, we had a little organization called the WTO show up, mm-hmm. and if you had an anti WTO button. You were arrested. Um, in fact, a lot of people don't believe that there are these FEMA camps around, but yet we have one up here in Seattle, up here 57. And I believe 3,200 people, 28 to 3,200 people were detained there throughout the entire uh, uh, situation. Sounds a lot like what happened in New York City when they detained uh, thousands of people at an old train station as well. That's right. Uh, it was pretty, That's right. Some pretty yet, scary stuff. Yet the propaganda, the propaganda media doesn't report on it because they're owned by... You know, the CNN and, and, and all ABC, they're all owned up by these big companies. Don, I'd love but, to get into more detail with you. We are short on time. I know you're listening a couple hours delayed there in XM land, so you'll hear yourself later on tonight. Call us again another night and uh, early, call or a little earlier on. We start at 7 o'clock Eastern, so if you call early, you'll hear yourself earlier. If you call before we're actually on on XM, uh, that'd be a good okay. way. We're on live 7 yeah. to 10 at night Eastern time, and thanks, Don, for the call. Let's get quickly here to Rick in Texas for the final thoughts uh, for this show tonight. Rick, go ahead. Yeah, well, one of, the, one of the main reasons why the cops want to keep drugs illegal is for the forfeiture laws. Oh, yeah, so baby. Take all your stuff, so they they take love all your those. Stuff. They love taking and your cars and your houses, and you're absolutely right. And uh, thanks for that. Good, good final thoughts. We're out of time, though. Vinny in here with you. And Michelle. And Mark. Back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
Are you ready to explore New Hampshire, meet more than a thousand freedom-loving friends, and experience the free market in action? You can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and Jane Neil Shulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Use coupon code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, for 20% off.